Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Many lovers of the Bible consider the Old Testament book of Isaiah as the fifth gospel. This is because it reveals Christ the Savior in such a magnificent manner. With just a little help, The passages of Isaiah open up like flowers in the morning sun. Stay with us today as we together receive this help and will be treated to an extraordinary enjoyment of Christ on this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful ones who served God with their whole lives in this century, and together they bore an inspiring testimony of ones who knew how to find Christ in every passage and every page of the Bible. Joining us for fellowship as we look into Isaiah once again today is Brother Dick Taylor. Dick, how can we express our gratitude to the Lord for opening up such a mysterious and hidden book to reveal Christ as really no other book in the Bible can do? The only adjective I can think of that's all-inclusive, Brother Chris, is wonderful. In fact, this one is used in the book of Isaiah. His name is Wonderful. Wonderful. And I like the word wonderful because it just seems to be all-inclusive. You've run out. There's nothing else to say except wonderful. That's our Christ. Well, Dick, we want to see in our first portion today another marvelous view of Christ becoming our unfading crown of glory and our beauty or our diadem of beauty, as Isaiah 28 verse 5 says, In that day, Jehovah of hosts will become a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. Dick, let's join Witness Lee for his fellowship from 1991 and the life study of Isaiah. We come now to chapter 35. The last message on the first part of Isaiah covers a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty. Then a stone as a foundation, as a tested stone, and as a precious cornerstone. Then a king, like a refuge, a covering, stream of water, and the shadow of a massive rock in a dry land. All the items here are referring to what Christ will be in the restoration of Israel. Firstly, Christ will be what? A crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to all Israel. Christ will be his chosen people's glorification. Glory is one thing. 
Beauties are nothing. It may be something maybe very glorious, but not that beautiful. Christ will be both glory and beauty to his elect people. The age of restoration has a foretaste, the age of grace. If you read New Testament carefully, you could see some of the items here have been fulfilled. He's our cornerstone, he's our foundation stone, he's tattered stone. In him we trust. Today, it has been fulfilled, but the full fulfillment will be in the future. Today, I don't have a crown here, do I? Neither you have any crown. Even more, I don't have a diadem here. But in another sense, we Christians all have a crown. We all have a diadem. Who is this? Christ. Christ. Sorry to say, quite often, we Christians do not feel so glorious to tell people that we are Christians. Rather, we feel shameful. Of course, if you are a defeated Christian, surely you have to be shameful. When we talk about Christ, when we tell people we are a Christian, we consider that as a crown. Not only as a crown, as Adam. That's my glory and that's my beauty. Paul in Philippians says, when he was in imprisonment in Rome, he was never ashamed because every day he magnified Christ, even among the royal guard of Caesar, believed in Christ. He did have a crown with a diadem. Christ is our crown with a diadem. Don't you feel glorious that you're a Christian? Dick, the reality of Christ as our crown of glory will surely be in the next age. And this is signified in Isaiah by the restoration of Israel. But in this age, the age of grace, it is possible to have a foretaste of all of these aspects, including Christ as our crown. Why is it that most often we don't feel that qualified to wear such a glorious crown? Isn't it precious, Chris, that he's called the crown of glory and the diadem of beauty? And eventually, these aspects of Christ will be real to the Jews in the millennial kingdom. But to us today, we have a foretaste. And the reason we don't often feel qualified to wear such a glorious crown is because many times in our daily life, we're ashamed of the Lord. These two items of Christ, the crown of glory and the diadem of beauty, are really experienced by us and enjoyed by us when we speak Christ to other people without shame. Paul said in Romans 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And in Philippians 1, he says, his earnest expectation and his hope that is in nothing he would be put to shame. But Christ would always be magnified through his body, whether through life or through death. And you can see by these two verses and by your experience, and I hope all of you who are listening realize these two items of Christ are very applicable to our daily living today. Anytime we enjoy this dear one and we dispense him or distribute him or speak him to somebody else, you feel very glorious. 
Christ is applied to us as our crown of glory, not with a physical crown, but by enjoying him as the glorious Christ filling us up. And he's applied to us as the diadem of beauty when we enjoy him and pass him on to others. You consider your experience. Maybe you told someone in your family about the Lord for the first time. Wow. Your head was covered with Christ as glory, and your face was shining with Christ as your beauty. This is the way to apply these two items of Christ revealed here in Isaiah. So you said, why is it most often we don't feel that qualified to wear such a glorious crown? It's because most of the time we're willing to talk about other things, and we're not ashamed of other things. You may fill out a uh, deposit slip at the bank counter, and there are several others there, and you may say, wasn't that a good game the Dodgers played? It's amazing. We'll talk about so many things. But then if you'd say, you know, Jesus Christ is the most wonderful person in the whole universe, we're ashamed to say this. But I tell you, as soon as he comes out of our mouth, what happens? Glory's on your head and beauty's on your face. Dick, not only is beauty on our face, uh, where is it that it says that beautiful are the feet of those who announce the good tidings? That's right. This beauty goes all the way from your face to your feet. Dick, another aspect of Christ that appears in many New Testament passages also found in Isaiah 28, and a favorite topic of our Life Study of the Bible program is verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I lay a stone in Zion as a foundation, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone as a foundation firmly established. He who believes will not hasten away. Let's go back to Witness Lee, Dick. This Christ, who is our glory and who is our beauty, is a stone. And this stone is in many aspects. This stone is a foundation, firmly established. Hallelujah. We have a crown upon the head, and we have a piece of rock under our feet. And this rock is firmly established for God's building among his people. And this stone has been tested for 33 and a half years. When he was God, becoming a man, from that time, he was on this earth. Every day he was tested. He was tried. No failure. Tested. Perfect. Complete. Solid. Strong. He's fully qualified to be our foundation. In him, you believe. Whatever happens, you don't need to be in haste. You just be at peace. We know the world of people, even the Christians, who do not trust in the Lord so much. Whenever something happened to them, they would be in haste. What should I do? Don't forget, you are a believer in Christ. Christ is your foundation. And this foundation has been tested. His trustworthy. So put your trust in him. And this stone is also a precious cornerstone. The foundation stone holds the entire building. The cornerstone joins two parts of the building. And the New Testament tells us, based upon Psalm 118, Christ as the cornerstone is the first number one cornerstone. 
in New Testament, the cornerstone joins the section of Jews and the section of the Gentile believers. Who joins them together? Christ. We are not only held by him as our foundation stone, but also joined together. Christ is the tested trustworthy stone to be the firmly established foundation holding us and also to be the cornerstone to join us together. Now you have God's building. That is the body of Christ. In Matthew 21, the Lord Jesus told the Pharisees, you are the builders of God's house on this earth. But you don't have the best discernment. You don't know I am the top piece of stone. Yet you don't select me. Rather, you reject me. Then eventually, God will make me the first cornerstone of his building. The Lord told them this based upon Psalm 18. Then you ask for, it says the same thing, and there in verse 11 mentions Christ as the cornerstone, and 12 indicates this cornerstone is today our Savior. This item will be fully fulfilled eventually in the age of restoration. When I told the Jews, you rejected me, then I will leave you, your house, that I means the temple, to you. Until the day will come, then you will say, he who comes in the name of Jehovah will be blessed. And that refers to the day of restoration. Dick, to realize and appreciate Christ as the stone is not common among believers today. Yet we have to be faithful to God's word and to this ministry and point out that to miss him in this regard is to really miss the mark of God's economy and God's purpose. What do we see here in Isaiah that we should take careful note of regarding Christ as the stone? The experience of Christ as the stone is for the fulfillment, as you said, of God's purpose, his economy, which is his building, which today with us believers is his body, the body of Christ. It says in Isaiah that as the foundation stone, he is tested, he is proven, he is steadfast. We can trust in him. The more we enjoy Christ in our daily life, and love him. Even maybe you're driving down the highway right now while you're listening to this broadcast saying, oh Lord, I love you. I trust you tonight. As you're trusting him, he is your foundation stone. He is the base which is immovable. This Christ is also the cornerstone. Because of the enjoyment of Christ, we are joined to one another by the old nature. We're all different. We could never be one but we have all been enjoying Christ as our cornerstone, what's the result? You enjoy Christ, I enjoy Christ. We are made one, that's God's building. Christ increases, and between us, all we have is Christ. Christ joins us. So he's the foundation stone to hold us, and he's the cornerstone to join us. Peoples that are impossible to be joined can be joined in Christ. 
This Christ is the cornerstone who joins not just Jews and Gentiles, but everybody. On the cross, he knocked down every barrier, every wall that he might create in himself one new man. He's the joining cornerstone. And I'd like to summarize this particular point, Chris, just by saying this. We believe in the Lord. When we first hear about him and we believe in him, we receive him as our Savior. But we need to know what he saves us from and what he saves us into. Christ not only saves us from the negative things, from sin and from the lake of fire, but Christ saves us into himself and into God's building to be his body, to be his expression for the fulfillment of his eternal economy. So these two items of Christ as the foundation stone and the cornerstone are really for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. Dick, I want to just draw a short, a brief highlight to something you said about the joining together is really based on our enjoyment together of Christ, isn't it? It surely is. As we enjoy him one with another, what else could interfere? What could come in the way? At that moment, everything else falls off. To confirm what you said, Chris, Acts 4, 11 and 12 prove this. This is the stone which was considered as nothing by you, the builders, which has become the head of the corner. He's the cornerstone. And then verse 12, which many Christians know, and there is salvation in no other, for neither is there another name under heaven given among men in which we must be saved. This indicates that when you enjoy Christ by calling on his exalted, precious, dear name, you enter into the real salvation, and that is to be builded up with other believers and to be filled with Christ himself for his expression. This is wonderful. The revelation that the Christ is spoken of, as you said, in a verse that many know that no other name in heaven is given or on earth is given, is in the context of his being revealed as the stone. Don't you love this, Christ? That's tremendous. Well, Dick, in our final portion today, we're going to jump out of chapter 28 and into chapter 32, another marvelous depiction of Christ. Now we come to a king. These portion of Isaiah tells us this king is not for ruling, it's for supplying, taking care, covering, and so forth. If you read Isaiah 32, verses 1 and 2, first it says, he's a king, then it says, he's a man. Only in this verse that says, Christ as a king is a man. This king is a man. He's very human and very low, not that high. And this is why I believe all the presidents in the U.S. attempted their best to lower themselves down to be among the people. But still, I don't think they are so human as the Lord Jesus being a king. He's very human. And this man-king is a refuge to us from the wind. Refuge. You know, while we are in the human life, always winds come. In which day you didn't have any wind. Whenever the wind blows, I run to this man as my refuge. And as a covering from the tempest, the tempest is a storm. He, the man Jesus, is now not just refuge, but a covering. 
He covers you from all the tempest. The tempest will only bother him, but not me. Because he's my covering. Learn to experience the Lord in this way. Lord, this is not my trouble. This is your trouble. Take him as a covering from the tempest. Okay? Streams of water in a dry place. This is supply. This is comfort. This is satisfaction. Today, whose situation is not a dry place? Whose marriage is not a dry place? Is your job not a dry place? He's not just a little water. He's a stream and streams in the dry place. We Christians should testify of this. And we all can testify. Then what? A shadow. <laughs> a shadow in a wasted land, this desert of a massive rock. The rock is Jesus. And he produces the shadow. You need a shadow to be canopy over you. Christ is this. It's wonderful. Jesus, the man who is our king, yet as a man, he's our refuge, he's our covering, he's our streams of water, he's also the shade. So practical in our daily life. Well, Dick, chapter 32 gives us a picture of Christ, the king, who is a man. And this man is a covering from the tempest a refuge from the wind, and streams of water in a dry place. Dick, I uh, forgive the pun, have to say this message as I was reading it seemed tailor-made for Dick Taylor. How wonderful is the Christ in Isaiah, Dick? This revelation of Christ, Chris, is just too precious. We have to sing. We have to rejoice. That's why Isaiah says we take the cup of salvation with joy every time you call on him. You're getting this all-inclusive Christ. He's the king. Now, what kind of a king is he? It says in Colossians 1 that the king of this kingdom is so sweet and so loving. We've entered into the kingdom of the son of of his his love. love. This is not a harsh king. This is a sweet king. And this king didn't come just to rule us outwardly. But this king came as the bread of life to supply us inwardly and to rule us from the inside out. You know, in your daily life, things happen in the office or something happened between you and your husband or you and your wife or in your family or with your roommates. The king troubles you just a little bit. You need to apologize. There's a kind of nudging. This is the king in there just wanting us to take care of things and make things right according to the righteousness of our dear king. He's so sweet. I love my king. And not only that, this king is a man. He's the highest human being, but so lowly able to be touched, able to be approached, able to be enjoyed. And if this king were not a man, how would we ever enjoy God? I was thinking of 1 Timothy 2.5, and it says, uh, For there is one God and one mediator of God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. It's this wonderful Christ who's the marvelous king. He's also this marvelous man that allows us to be so united and one with God himself. So don't you love him? He's the king, he's the man, and then look, he's the covering from the tempest. We go through storms every day, don't we? 
Brothers, we're always facing storms. If they're not storms from the outside, they're storms from our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings. We're undecided about things. We got all kinds of storms. But this Christ, every time we turn to him and say, Oh, Lord, I need you. Thank you for being my covering. Right away, you're covered from the tempest. He saves you into himself. And not only that, he's the refuge from the wind. There's always wind blowing. Windy thoughts, windy feelings. Maybe it's your windy wife or your windy husband. There's wind always blowing. Our Christ is the precious refuge from the wind. So every time you say, Oh Lord, thank you for being my refuge, you experience Christ right in the middle of the wind and he becomes your salvation. And then you've got streams of water in a dry place. How many times are there dry places in our life? Maybe your marriage became dry. Maybe in your office, it's really dry there. But sometimes you just need to take time, pause, and just say, Oh Lord, in this dry place, I take you as my stream of life. Right away, you will be refreshed. You'll enjoy Christ as the stream in a dry place. And he's also the shadow of a massive rock. A lot of times it's just too hot around here. <laughs> Your boss got hot. There's a lot of heat around you. You got pressure to finish this, pressure to get that done. It's very hot, but in the midst of the heat, you can take refuge in Christ as the shadow of a massive rock. Nothing like a wonderful shadow in the midst of a really hot day. So this Christ, what can we say except all in all forever? Only Christ I'll sing. Everything is in Christ, and Christ is everything. So Isaiah brings out items of Christ, Chris, that perhaps are never brought out in the New Testament. This Christ unveiled in Isaiah is just too super. Dick, thank you for your fellowship, your enjoyment today, and I think you and I have been further joined together. We've enjoyed Christ together today. We surely have. Christ is our cornerstone. Amen. And we've been joined with you as you've been enjoying Christ in this broadcast today. That connects us all, and we would like to hear from you, uh, to hear your experience of this marvelous Christ. I'll give you our toll-free number where you can call us and make your comments, ask questions, or give us your own testimony, your own experience of this marvelous Christ that we're seeing day by day in Isaiah. That number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We uh, regret that we're out of time today. I'd like to stay here, Dick, and enjoy this Christ some more together. I would love to stay in this shadow a little longer drinking this water. We will be back with Witness Lee and more of our fellowship. And for Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety, 
or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.